VN. Good afternoon and welcome to the final bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Chad Moyer filling in for Susan Littlefield uh, here this afternoon on the Rural Radio Network. Uh, we're going to uh, talk a little bit about how the markets finished out here this week and some deep dives and investigations into this week's markets with P.J. Conrad with Tradehouse based in Lincoln, Nebraska. And P.J., thanks for joining us here. Uh, first of all, kind of give us a, a quick recap here uh, for late in the week, last session before a long holiday weekend. How did the markets end today and for the week? You know, uh, kind of a tough, tough week on the markets, honestly. Uh Corn finished down, uh, what, two and three quarters today, and beans actually up six and three quarters. Uh, you look at some of the weekly stuff, you know, corn kind of started out the week uh, with that 543 type range. We closed out around 522, so call it down 23 on the week, give or take uh, a couple half cents in there. Uh, soy is flipped over to the new crop soybeans as well. Uh, kind of so- same song and dance. Uh, Open the week in that 1323 type level. Uh, 1290s where we closed out on the week. Uh, we dig as low as what was the low on the week was roughly 1270. So we got uh, the 1283 was the low on the week. You know, a lot of this is due to the hurricane happening down in uh, New Orleans. I mean, it's it's backing up the export and all the ports down there. So it's the interesting thing moving forward. It's going to be how fast they can get back online and how fast we can start moving grain out of there. Now, it sounds like most of them are, it's more of a power issue, which, uh, believe it or not, they're more concerned about getting power to the humans that live down there and not the grain elevators, uh, rightfully so. So hopefully sooner rather than later, they'll get the power going to most of them. And it looks like maybe Cargill took a pretty bad, uh, uh, from the pictures, looks pretty bad. But, <clears throat> again, you don't know until you really get a chance to get out there. And is it uh, visually bad or is it actually bad, bad? So, that was the main driver this week. And also, you know, you're going into a long weekend where funds want to be risk off. And this was a good reason for them to be risk off. And so it's, it's just a, a combination of things. Uh, as you kind of, you know, we didn't touch on the Kansas City wheat. The wheat also had a kind of a tough week from where it was. Uh, you know, right in that 724 range where we started the week, uh, finished down 12. But we did go below that $6, $7 handle for a little while on Wednesday before we rallied back. Um going to be an interesting, you know, come post Labor Day, where these markets decide they want to go uh, is going to be the driving factor. I think a lot of it's going to depend on the farmer cash movement. Yeah. And, and just kind of going back to that hurricane just for a moment, um, you know, I've heard even, you know, upriver, uh, I think it was in Baton Rouge, Louis Dreyfus says as soon as they're getting power, they're ready to go. But the kicker with that is they're, they're upriver and this is still closed. So, uh, the river's closed. So the, like you said, you know, how long is this going to be down? Um, what sort of either surface damage or structural damage is there to repair before you can start loading boats again, huh? Yeah, most definitely. And, you know, I think there's a decent percentage of that that can uh, get rerouted, say, back to the P&W from talking to other people in the industry. So I, I think there's some hope there. But anytime you take out a major uh, export center like that, it's going to cause a little bit of stir and just the uncertainty. You know, markets don't like uncertainty. So when it's there is like that, that could potentially affect uh, exports for you know multiple months. Uh, there's obviously going to be some risk off. We're going to sell off now. Uh, flip side of that is we can add it back pretty darn quick too and that's what's fun about these markets especially this year is they've been very 
volatile, which uh, keeps everyone on their feet and on their toes anyways. Yeah, Isn't it interesting that the hurricane hit an export facility at the very beginning of a brand new marketing year? So it's, <laughs> you know, we're going to be, we're going to start the new year behind, uh, whether we like it or not. But, uh, let's, let's maybe expand on that. Export numbers have been a bright spot for these markets here, haven't they? They really have. Uh, you know, corn's been good, not great, uh, but definitely soybeans have been very good. Uh, you know, really, with the lower prices, that China keeps coming to America to buy more and more beans. You know, it sounds like our, our friends to the south, down in South America, are maybe hoarding their beans a little bit, not wanting to sell them, in hopes prices go higher. So uh, it's going to be an interesting, as we roll into harvest, can we keep this pace up? As we go into you know 2022, which is hard for me to say because it's crazy to think we're already that uh, three months away or four months away from starting a new year. But um, yes, for right now, things have been real bust. And I tell you what, we need it. And hopefully there's good bean yields out there. We've had some tremendous rains here in the last uh, couple of weeks that should help this bean yield right along. Yeah. You mentioned the the uh, moving of uh, export business around to the Pacific Northwest from the Gulf. Uh, from what you read or what you hear, is that a logistical nightmare? Is that logistically possible or or do you think it'd be fairly easy to accomplish? Um, it's logistically possible for sure. The, the question is going to be is you know, how much can the Pacific Northwest handle and also uh, – how much does that affect a uh, soybean basis in, say, like Nebraska? You, you, you kind of had some maybe 45 to 50 under at a lot of these elevators, and you're hearing some guys kind of backing up basis there now or wanting to anyways because as that business gets shifted and, say, instead of it going south, it's going to go west, it just is going to hamper the basis there. And also the other question is, you know, once, say, uh, Louis Dreyfus or uh, Zeno or all these other grain companies down in the Gulf get up and run, rolling again, and say maybe it's Cargill or there's a handful that maybe are up and going is how much can uh, how much can we squeeze through to for you know a, a lower number of facilities down there how much can we run through there on a shorter staff so to speak um, you know there's there's profit margin to be made there so they're going to be going as hard as they can now. Yeah, definitely a lot of things to consider about that. And one thing we have noticed, the basis is responding to some of these ideas. Just a reminder, commodity futures involve substantial risk of loss, not suitable for all investors. Coming up in the second half of our Fontenelle Final Bell program, we're going to talk about that basis impact, uh, not only from this, but what things look like for the upcoming harvest as well. Talk a little bit about the 2021 crop. How does it look like it might be harvested and uh, and come off some of the logistics around that? And of course, we have our uh, livestock conversations coming up. Preview next week's WASDE report. That's all coming up in the second half of the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. State VM. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Chad Moyer as we continue to visit with PJ Conrad from Trade Haas in Lincoln, Nebraska. Well, let's pick up where we left off from the first half and just kind of conclude our discussion about the current crop. Now, as you talk with uh, some of your customers and uh, kind of as you're seeing what's going on in the field, how, how do you think this uh, 2021 crop is going to finish out, PJ? You know, right, hopefully good, especially the bean wise. I think these late season rains have helped uh corn wise it helps to not have to uh, uh be irrigating right now especially if after all the heat we had yeah corn's gonna be the interesting one uh, to me anyways you know if you had it seems like a lot of people in central nebraska anyways took some hail and wind this year there's definitely some some great spots up in the northeast part of the state uh by and large though you know listening to say rjo's 
RJ O'Brien's uh, crop roundup and, and across the U.S., it seems like maybe we're finishing this corn crop pretty darn fast. Um, so you wonder if maybe we're taking some of the top end off, but uh, I'm also no agronomist that would uh, it would maybe venture to lead that or, or at least uh, be a uh, point of concern. Um, like I said, bean-wise, though, I think we're in a good spot, but, you know, we have to be in a good spot. Uh, if we didn't crop issues on beans, we'd really be flirting with some, some dangerously low carryout numbers, which uh, which nobody wants that. Mm-hmm. How about the logistics around harvest, and especially as, you know, maybe we're seeing some shift in basis around the country because of the uh, port situation, because of the Gulf situation, and some other things. Um, how, how is this uh, harvest going to play out this season, do you think? Um, you know, hopefully it's smooth for everyone, but I will say, I think you look at where, say, uh, soybean basis is today, uh, just call it 50 under and do any elevator uh, currently, even since 50 to 55, you know, on average, I'd say over the last five years, we've been anywhere from a dollar 20 under to, uh, you know, 75, 80 under. So you're, we're running 20 to 70 cents better, depending on the, whatever year you want to pick out. Um, so I'm a big proponent. If you have to go to talents with beans, uh, getting that basis locked in um as we look at the corn side of things you'll probably call it 15 to 20 under depending on the area and if you're going to ethanol or if you're going to an elevator i'm still running about i'd uh, five to ten cents better and uh yeah it's still a good level I, i'm a big bird in hand as uh, better two in the bush type of person especially if you've been setting futures or uh doing hedge two arrives over the course of the summer waiting for that basis to come in it paid you to do it so get it locked in if it gets better that, that means the rest of the year is going to be running stronger too and uh, hopefully you have more corn to move so i'm I, i'm excited about what harvest is going to bring but at some point we're at basis is going to widen back out this was harvest pressure mm-hmm. all right pj we should talk about over on the mercantile too some of the livestock futures uh cattle didn't really have the best week this week did they no cattle had a horrible week uh, really, you go back to uh, the 23rd of August, kind of right in there, 23rd, 24th, just looking at the ox fat cattle. We were at 132.85 then, and we've done nothing but sell off since then. Uh, today was a bad day, though, breaking below that uh, 100-day moving average, closing at 124.70. The next, uh, the 200-day moving average, though, is at uh, 122, 122.89. So hopefully we can at least hold the uh, 100-day or hold the 200 day if we could decide we want to keep selling off, but uh, not looking pretty as we speak. And it's been a rough week. So hopefully things bounce around and we can get back to the mean here in the short term. Yeah. And it just hasn't helped either. And especially a holiday week, it's just tough to keep that momentum going. And you mentioned the WASD. Maybe we can finish up on that thought. Moving forward after the Labor Day holiday weekend, when we come back to trade, what are going to be the focuses of the markets in your mind? Uh, I think definitely... The focus will be the WASD out there and export demand. I mean, that's really the two main things right now that's driving it. Uh, you know, are they going to lower corn yield? Are they going to up bean yield? Uh, yeah, historically speaking, this is a very quiet report. Um, usually at the end of the month, we'll get the final quarterly, quarterly stocks report, and that's more of a market mover has been the last two years. Um, so I guess in my mind, you know, this should be a quiet report. But again, uh, markets don't like uncertainty, and when there is uncertainty, they tend to like to sell off. And so that's where we're at right now, and we'll focus on that for the week. And uh, the one thing to keep your eye on, too, as we move into uh, later in the harvest, uh, once once the number's out there, it's out there. It's not going to be anything too damaging, but we're going to focus on South America, and they're, they're currently in La Nina pattern. And does that, if they stay in that pattern, it, it lends itself to drier 
weather and could that spark another run higher yes and that's i guess that's the ultimate question and that's why you know if you're heavily sold or appropriately sold what you want to be i do think being patient at times here uh should pay off or at least there should be opportunities to make sales again all right very good pj if folks want to get a hold of you talk about what's going on in these markets when we get back to work next week give us your contact information you can call me at 402-858-7529, or you can uh, find us on any social media platform at Trados LLC. Very good. PJ, it's good to talk to you. Thanks so much for the insight and the information. That's PJ Conrad with Tradehouse, Lincoln, Nebraska. Just a reminder, commodity futures involve substantial risk of loss, not suitable for all investors. That is today's Fontenelle Final Bell, brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and your local Fontenelle dealers. Here on the Rural Radio Network, Chad Moyne.